Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview with myself, Andrew Musgrove, and as usual, John Gibson. Newcastle plays Arsenal on Sunday with Arsenal hoping somehow to still win the title. Despite John, is it fair to say bottling it? Has that been too harsh? Well, it was certainly looking that way. The Chelsea result last night will have given them a lift. Um, but there again, I would suggest that we on Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea put up as much resistance as a chocolate teapot. And I would expect Newcastle to do a lot more than that come the weekend. So I think Arsenal ought to be a bit con- a bit cautious. They're not out their woods because of the result against Chelsea. Everybody's beaten Chelsea. Lampard took over six league games, six defeats. Surprise, surprise. Well, do you know what was funny, actually, just on, on Chelsea before we get into Arsenal? I was just thinking about... Uh... Uh, this time last year when Newcastle uh, appointed Eddie Howe, or just a, a bit before, and everyone was talking about how Gerard and Lampard were the better managers, and you went on the record to say, that's a lot of old waffle. Yeah. You've been proved right, haven't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we were touted about these two great managers, and then we got Eddie Howe, and it was suggested, oh, you've got the guy whose only success has been in Bournemouth. It couldn't have turned out to be to be so different. And as I said at the time, it doesn't follow, Andrew, that every great footballer ends up being a great manager. Um, <clears throat> there's been loads of examples where that hasn't happened from way back in the past with Stanley Matthews through Bobby Moore and Bobby Charlton, the two greatest players in our 1966 World Cup winning side who never made it as managers. And goodness gracious, we appear, <clears throat> no, excuse me, no more than anybody because we've had world-class players who unfortunately come to us as managers and didn't cut the, cut the mustard for us. Everybody from Ozzy Ardiles to Graeme Souness to Wood Hullet, uh, upwards, downwards and sideways. Uh, we've had the great players that didn't produce become great managers. And I would suggest that Eddie Howe is way, way ahead um, of the two guys we've just mentioned. And there's bags of examples as well of average footballers who do become great managers. And you just think of Arsene Wenger, you think of Alex Ferguson, you think in the old days of Laurie McManamy, who become a legend at Southampton and played for Bishop Auckland and Gateshead Reserves. And you, you realise... Josie Mourinho, and um, it doesn't follow. And uh, 
certainly we got the better deal uh, of what was on offer at the time. Now, of course, one good player who's potentially becoming an excellent manager is that of Mikel Arteta. Now, we know yes. they probably should have won the title. They had a lot of points over Manchester City. It looks like it's going to go to the blue side of Manchester. However, Arsenal are top at the time of recording, but we expect Man City to be top come the weekend. But from where Arsenal were this time last season, I know, John, you're going to say, well, where Newcastle were from this time last season. But from an Arsenal perspective, to be fifth and really looking back on this season thinking we should have won this title, it's a massive achievement. And what I think really refreshing for the neutral, that on Sunday you're seeing two young coaches going at it on the touchline and, it's, and and they're going to be here for the longevity, hopefully, in the Premier League. And, it, and that's that's a great element of, of the beautiful game. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, we've got the finest two managers, young managers, to make a huge impact on the Premier League this season. Other managers that have made impacts, like uh, at Brighton, etc., etc., Aston Villa... They haven't been here the full season. These guys have been here the full season and taken their clubs from disappointment to huge success. I would even suggest that Newcastle is the biggest bigger story of the lot. Yes, Arteta has taken Arsenal from failing to qualify for the Champions League to fighting for the title. Massive. No question about that. But we've gone from being relegation fodder to to being in the top three, the top four. That's a that's a nosebleed uh, rise through the table, and we have got you know yes, the king of the pile is Pep. There's no question about that. But Pep's been there for several years. He's built City up. He's done everything. Asked him, but he's much further down the road than Arteta and Howe. These are the two new guys on the block that have been there the full season, not like Emery at Villa, who's half a season, and the guy at Brighton. Uh, and their impact's been phenomenal. Now they go head to head on Sunday. But I mean, you know, you've got to remember that this Newcastle side went to Arsenal earlier this season and drew North Nord, and that was the first time Arsenal hadn't won at home and hadn't scored at home in in this season. So, you know, the benchmark is down. Newcastle have already done the job. They will come up here very cautious. And while they got a lift against Chelsea, they know Newcastle United won't be Chelsea. They, they will put up a lot more resistance. And Chelsea made um, Spurs look like knights of old. Uh, they, were that, they surrendered that easily. And it's quite startling, but that's another story because they're packed with high-priced players and, and, and it looked awful. Uh, it will have given Arsenal a lift, but um, I suggest a big test is coming on Sunday. 100%. I'm just wondering, John, from a Newcastle point of view, how you think they'll handle the change in uh, level of performance because obviously they've beaten Spurs, who were dreadful, they've beaten Everton and they've beaten Southampton, who are fighting for their lives. But they welcome Arsenal to St James Park, who are fighting for the title. So it's a totally different uh, task that they're facing. But Newcastle in brilliant form, St James Park, the fortress, should be an easy afternoon, shouldn't it? Well, it, it it won't be as difficult as it might have been. It, it's a it's a good afternoon. You've got to bear in mind 
the, you know, it's easy to get negative about Newcastle. I don't mean you, I mean the, the, the rest of the country. It's easy to get negative. I would just like to see the rest of the country give Newcastle United credit for what they're doing. I mean, Newcastle are in the top four. The Champions League places nailed on. They've got eight wins from the last nine games. They've scored 13 goals in a week. None of that's a fluke. It is, you cannot have so many flukes back to back. Yet if Newcastle get beat, which is very rarely, but they did against Villa, it's a crisis. We've been found out. When we beat somebody, it isn't Spurs awful. And, and we're in Southampton awful. I mean, we beat Manchester United, who were in the top three at St. James's Park. We followed that up by beating Spurs six, who were in the top five when they came here. We've played Southampton and, and hammered them. We, we've beaten sides that's down the bottom. We've beat West Ham five, etc., etc. They've all had something to fight for. They haven't been mid-table just drifting along and putting up the white flag. They've had something to play for. And Newcastle have sorted them out. Now, no doubt... If we get if we, if we win against Arsenal, we'll be told it's because Arsenal have gone off the boil because they had three draws and a defeat before they beat Chelsea. There always seems to be a reason which isn't give this Newcastle side credit. They are exciting. I mean, they've got the best goals against record in the division. They've scored 61 goals, I think, so far this season. We score a pile of goals. We don't get taken for a pile of goals, and it's attractive stuff to watch. What do the the punters want? We've come from being a relegation club, for goodness sake. Do you think that lends in Eddie Howe's favour because he can kind of push that us against the world mentality, and that's maybe another reason why the squad are so united and so together, and the crowd and what have you. It is Newcastle United against the world. Yeah, it's we are united against the world. And and that's a good thing. And that's a mentality which Alex Ferguson, when they were winning the league title year after, would say to in the dressing room, they all hate us, but we don't care. Let's go out and sort them out. And the siege mentality is not a bad thing to have. There's absolutely no question about that. But I do feel maybe it's because of the Saudi influence on the team. Maybe it's because... Geordies have been so loyal to a club that's been failures. I don't know what it is that makes the rest of the country feel that, you know, begrudge Newcastle anything they get. Well, hey, we don't mind. They, we are the best part. We are getting the the wonderful results of all this and we don't mind. But it must be infuriating. It is a good way... To, to keep going and, and keep the, the spirit of um, us against the rest of the world. There's no question about that. I wonder if a, a part of it comes from knowing that this isn't just going to be a, a one-two season kind of wonder. This is sure. going to be a, a long-term thing. You look at when Leicester did it, West Ham did it, there was probably always the feeling, maybe from the established so-called top six, that they would be there for a few seasons, but they were never going to be established members of the you know the big boys club so to speak but Newcastle aren't just going to be established members they're going to rule it in time and I think that maybe plays into the elements of why they are hated oh, by so many without a shadow of doubt I mean the rest of the world and the, the alleged uh, elite six could look upon Leicester and say what a lovely fairy tale that was 
because they weren't going to win the Premier League again when they won it. So it was a lovely fairy tale, like Wrexham's a fairy tale at the moment, coming back into Football League, because they're no threat. If they become a threat in 20 years, there won't be a fairy tale. Um, but that's what that was all about. West Ham was a lovely fairy tale, etc., etc. I mean, nobody got upset when Newcastle finished fifth under Alan Pardew because they knew it was a fluke season. We would go back to what we were, which was a bottom half club. And we did. The next season we did. Because they knew that under Mike Ashley there wouldn't be the investment. There was there was no foundations put in. Uh, it was quicksand that the club was built upon. So there was no sort of muttering now. The trouble is now we've got the basis to do what these other clubs have done. We've got the basis to be a replica of... Man City were maybe about 10 years behind them in terms of their building progress, but were, were capable of doing that. And Klopp and Liverpool don't like that. And Manchester City won't like it when we get a bit closer, but they're a bit elite. Manchester United aren't such chuff. Spurs are terrified. And Chelsea are terrified if the owner ever gets round to looking beyond the chaos of the rubble within his own club at the moment. But yes... We have rattled cages and um, it shows. But in the meantime, we continue in the way we continue and it's absolutely marvellous. That's it. I mean, with Arsenal arriving on Sunday and, yes, given their form as well, like you say, they've had a couple of draws and defeats and although they've won against Chelsea, Newcastle United won't be fearing them because they're in such a good run of form themselves and we've mentioned there St James Park is a fortress. You very much get the feeling that it will be Arsenal, the ones who will be more frightened about Sunday. I think they will, because, you know, all of a sudden, having led the Premier League by the length of Northumberland Street at one stage, they they are certainly not looking over their shoulders. They're looking ahead of them and saying, where's Man City here? Oh, dear me, not again, etc., um, etc. Et it must be emphasised, and I have emphasised it in the Chronicle um Today, my Wednesday column in the Chronicle is all about the two great young managers, Arteta and Howe, and what they've done. We must admit that what has happened at Arsenal has been quite exceptional. And yes, they've had a little blip, but we had a little blip, didn't we? Around the time of the League Cup final, when we lost three games on the trot, including the League Cup final, all 2-0, that was our little blip. They've just had theirs. We come out of our little blip, perhaps they'll come out of theirs. Might still cost them the title, I think it will. But we can't underestimate what they've done. They have been terrific and Arteta's been behind that. Though, thank goodness, we've got Eddie Howe instead of Arteta because Arteta on the touchline does my head in. I mean, you know, he's a jumping jack in the box and he's in your face and he's running around like a lunatic. We've got a, a, a manager who shows us England reserve, English reserve attitude. You know, if we get a clenched fist out of a goal, that's as much as Eddie does. He keeps his dignity. And yes, I can be thrilled by Newcastle winning and lose it a bit more than Eddie loses it. But, you know, the way some of the managers are going on at the moment, and it includes Mikel, um, and Klopp is the greatest example, then, you know, that, that is poor show. But you know what? When I see that, I rather like it in the opposition because we're bothering them. We're rattling their cage, else they wouldn't be leaping up and down like a fiddler's elbow, would no, they? No, indeed. And, and there's a bit of history between them as well. The last time 
the amount of touchline he got a little bit feisty as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it is on Sunday, given there's so much riding on it, you know, the title, the top four. There is a lot for both teams on, on the line here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm, I'm just wondering, John, in terms of, I mean, first of all, last season we showed, or Newcastle showed rather, the power of the crowd because that last home game last season, Arsenal, obviously they were beaten, they missed out on the Champions League, but the role of the St James Park crowd was unbelievable, and they absolutely rattled them. And the call's gone out again this week. Bring your scarf on Sunday. Let's make a noise. Let's get into them. I do question whether, because a lot of the same players that folded last season are in this side as well. Will they be able to handle St James's Park rocking? Mm, mm, hopefully not. I mean, but the the distance we have come under Eddie Howe has been quite phenomenal. I remember last season in the November going down to visit my daughter who lives in London and going to the match with my son-in-law and my grandson, going to the match at Arsenal. It was Eddie Howe's first time on the touchline. I was sitting with all the gooners because I was with um, my son-in-law and my uh, grandson who are... Season ticket holders at um, well, we're there, we're there, John. I mean, how has that happened? How has that happened? Well, in fairness, my son in law was born in North London in, in the shadow of uh, Arsenal, so he and he's brought up my grandson brilliantly, apart from one thing, he, he's, he's converted him into being a gooner, but I'm converting him back into being a Geordie as it's happening. But I mean, I remember being at that game and we lost 2 0, and we were lucky to get nil. And it was all the old brigade. There was Dubrovka and Goal off the top of my head. There was Shelby, there was Fraser, there was Richard, there was Kraft, all in the starting lineup. And we were absolutely well beaten. Come the end of the season, up here, it's, the scoreline's still 2 0, but it's to us this time instead of to them. And we stop Arsenal getting in the Champions League. And then this season, we go down to Arsenal again and we get a not not the first team to stop them winning at home. Now we've got them up here again. The balance of power has shifted. The gap has narrowed hugely between what Eddie Howe took over on that day in November. And remember Storm Arwen. I couldn't get home from London that day because there was no trains the following morning running into Newcastle because of the storm had closed down the lines and there was trees on the line, etc. So I had to stay one extra day down there, compound everything that had gone wrong that day. And now we're in such a different world. 
But this will be a huge test. This is a good side. On their day, they've got bright young players, but they've got young players. They've seen the dream almost be snatched away from them. It's still there, but it was in their hand, wasn't it? I mean, if we, there were X number of points ahead just a few weeks back. It was in their hands. They were going to get the title. Now there's a bit of a dampener. We aren't in the dampener. We, we are confirming every game that we're going to make the Champions League. We are on an up and up. We say they've won against Chelsea to, to turn the game round. We've won here to the last nine, for goodness sake. We are in a hotter form than Arsenal. And while it's going to be a tough, tough match, they will fear us more than we will fear them because we can damage them more than they can damage us. There's no question about that. that game last season at home, it was all about Newcastle surviving, wasn't it? And, and being grateful that actually Eddie Howard come in, he turned it around. Yep. This time around, it's about qualifying for the Champions League. And it was such a party atmosphere last season. Imagine what it's going to be like on Sunday. And if they were rattled by that atmosphere, I tell you what, they're going to be rattled by the one on Sunday. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be brilliant to see. And in terms of personnel, John, we're hoping Sean Longstaff might be back because he's going to be a big miss if he's not. You can kind of cope with it against a team like Southampton, with all due respect, although Southampton in that first half did really overrun Newcastle's midfield. Um, and I guess that's the other point, that if you, if you allow your midfield to be overrun as it was against Southampton, they'll punish you to a degree, but what they punish you to will not be yeah. the same standard Arsenal will punish you to. We saw that against Chelsea. Newcastle cannot afford Arsenal the same amount of room and time as they did Southampton in that first half. And the remedy to that is Sean Longstaff back in the midfield if he's fit. Yes, and if he's fit enough to start, as opposed to coming off the bench. Um, there's no question that he was a miss against Southampton. The interesting thing, if he does play, in if he is fit enough to start, and, you know, it, it might be just his a bench job and we'll get him 20 minutes and then he'll be up to scratch for the next game, which is a way to Leeds. Um, but if he is fit enough to start and he... he he has been sadly, sadly missed, then who do we leave out And if it, that midfield? And if it's Joe Linton, does that disturb what you can do up top? Because you won't leave Joe Linton out the team. Joe Linton will either start in midfield or on the, on the wide left. Um, so it's going to impact the team quite a bit. If Longstaff can't start and he goes again with Bruno, Willick um, and Joe Linton, which in theory ain't bad, um, then perhaps the team will pick itself. But if he's got to play Joe Linton wide left to get Longstaff in, and if Longstaff was 100%, I would be very tempted to start with Longstaff. Uh, it then impacts on what he does with the front well, three. Season, because the big question, as it was last week and the week before, is will Isaac and Wilson finally start a game together? I mean, they were magical on Sunday when Wilson came off the bench. Wilson changed that game. Yep. Just as much as Isaac did by, by being put out wide. And again, yep. obviously, Eddie Howe sees them day in, day out. And my perspective, I don't think I'd play them together against Arsenal. I don't think that's the right kind of game. Against Leeds, I think I probably would. 
But also, if I think about what Eddie Howe's going to do, I don't think he's going to start them at all together uh, until at least the top four is sewn up. I think he likes to have that kind of plan B off the bench. So, with that in mind, I think if Sean Longstaff is fit, he'll come back in, Joe Linton out on the left, and then I think I think Wilson up front, I think he'll drop Isaac to the bench. It's, a, it's all a matter of what we think Eddie's going to do, and by the way, none of us ever know, because Eddie always does something totally different, or what we think we would do. And um, this business, I've been banging on for a long time that um, that Wilson and Isaac can play together. Um, and the, there's this feeling, and it's still subconscious in lots of people's mind, that if they do play together, they play together shoulder to shoulder, like the old days when you played twin strikers. You know, in the old days when you had McDonald and Tudor and you had... Uh, I don't know, it was Shearer and Ferdinand and, you know, you played and you could hardly get a paper between the shoulders because they played right together. This is not, the the way Eddie likes to play, which is one through the middle striker and two wide, he can play Isaac in that system. He doesn't have to change tactically. He could and play them both narrow through the middle, but he doesn't. The success we had when the game was turned round against Southampton Isaac played as an orthodox outside left. If you had not seen Isaac play centre-forward and he signed for Newcastle with no position in mind and he played outside left, you would say he played outside left terrifically. The same way as Joe Linton does, but in a totally different way because of that build, etc. Et but he played as a left-winger. He didn't play as a centre-forward trying to fix... Now, you couldn't do it the other way on. You couldn't ask Wilson to play as a left-winger and play Isaac centre-forward. No chance. It wouldn't work. But is there... It, first of all, it puts your two best goal scorers on the pitch together. Uh, and goals are the name of the game. Um, and secondly, who plays the left wing better than Isaac did there? Who plays it better than that? Now, I do, the difference against Southampton... And I, I was sitting and talking during the game to Supermark and Craig Hope in the press box against um, against Southampton. And before it happened at half-time, we were saying, Gordon looks off the pace. If Isaac was said originally by the boss that he wasn't up to the sort of pace Newcastle need for the high press, for the relentless uh, sort of um, approach to games Newcastle have, then Gordon hasn't reached that either since he signed. hasn't reached that physicality. He... He looked as if he was blowing. He looked as if he hasn't quite hit that speed yet. And he was bullied off the ball easily. He was pushed off the ball. And we said he had to be offered off time. And, and I was asked, what would you do? Because there was thoughts of, would you bring Almiron on? I said, bring Wilson on and put Isaac out. And, and that worked to treat. Wilson changed the match absolutely, totally and completely. I, personally would play Wilson, uh, centre-forward, Isaac, wide. Now, I don't think that our manager will do that. And at the moment, he's walking on water so he can please himself. He can do whatever he wants to do. But that's what I would do. And I've heard then the theory, if you don't have a plan B, 
if you play the two of them together. I've heard some reasons, by the way, for not playing your best two players both in the start, and it's because you don't have a plan B. Well, let's hope, we'd, first and foremost, we don't need a plan B if plan A works. So, you know, all this about a plan B, you can have a plan B sitting in, by the time you release it, you've lost the game. And by the way, I also don't accept that it isn't a plan B. There is a plan B with them two on. If you take Wilson, if you take Wilson off, because the plan B being you need two orthodox centre forwards, you still got it. You can move Isaac from outside left to centre forward, take Wilson off, and you can play any winger you want, from Gordon to Almiron to Anderson. That's your plan B. Um, but you know, to predominantly be worried about a plan B, let's worry about plan A. That's got to work first. When you need a plan B, things aren't going well. If you get them well from the start, you don't need anything. You've got a plan A and it's working and you're, you're five up in 20 minutes. Um, you know, so, and I don't accept there isn't a plan B. I think the plan B, if you need Wilson off, is you move Isaac the centre forward and you, you bring it on yeah, a, a I left winger. Yeah, I people subscribing to that, John. Um, in terms of Arsenal's uh, personnel, are you worried about Odegaard and Zaka? Are you are you going to take the Joe Harvey line in there? Let them worry about us. Yeah, I mean, I respect them. They're outstanding players. Oh my God, let's not a sucker, etc., etc. I do not underestimate them for one second. They are great players. But if I spend all my time worrying about them, I'll forget getting sorted about us. We, if we play our game, we are good enough to beat most and almost anybody. The only way we win on Sunday is if we get it right. If we get it right, they've got problems. I don't say this time because it's not Southampton. If we get it right, we win because Arsenal will contest that. But if we get it right, we've got a chance. If we don't get it right, we haven't. What is the point of managing with fear? Football is not about fear. If you fear Arsenal, you'll fear getting up in the morning in case you fall over. You know, coming down the stairs from bed. You cannot fear. That doesn't mean that you can't have a, a, a tactical plan, that you're aware of good players and what good players they've got. But do you think they'll not be scared of, of Wilson and Isaac? Do you think they'll not be looking at Bruno? Do you think they'll not think this defence takes some sorting out mind and scoring goals against them? Do you not think they'll be saying Pope's kept more clean sheets than anybody bar the gear? Let them be concerned about us. They have got good players. They can punish us. But if we are on our game, we'll give yeah. them something. In, in a word then, Dan Byrne, does he start against Arsenal? Yeah, because because he starts against everybody when he's not ill and he is playing in a back four that knows what they're doing. Um, and he is this season's man. I honestly believe he won't be next season's man. At left-back, I'm talking about. Not at centre-half. At left-back, he'll not be next season's man. But he's this season's man. And he's done well. He's been sailing close to the wind on a couple of occasions and he's been breathing... Um, very heavily and um, he's been winding those long legs up to try to get up to some sort of speed as if somebody's flown past him but he's done it magnificent because he's crafty he's clever 
he doesn't let himself get exposed most of the time. Some of the time it can't be helped, but most of the time he doesn't let it. I don't think targets up the speed, to be truthful. Um, I was disappointed with when he came on. He's not that much quicker than Dan, you know. Um, so you haven't got the, the that advantage of somebody that's like Grease Lightning. Um, so, yes, it, it, I, I would stick with him because, um, because first yeah, of all, what's your alternative? And, and 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 they do know each other, the back four, and they cover each other. And, you know, people drop in the holes to cover Dan when Dan's going to get exposed and Bruno might drop back and you've got one of the centre-halves just move across. They, they work well together. It is a position that's got to be put right for the Champions League and Dan will still be a valued member of the squad covering both left back and left side of centre half but it's but you don't start with him away to Real Madrid or Barcelona or Paris Saint-Germain or no no I, I just the rest of the team kind of you're going to start with Murphy on 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 the on the right and that's probably the only other one people will question I think he I think he does start um against Arsenal so there we go um yeah Gordon missed his opportunity. Gordon missed his opportunity. Does, um, if, Newcastle, so if Newcastle beat Arsenal on Sunday, is that it all sewn up as the top four Newcastles? I think it's all sewn up now. Bar tripping over your own bootlaces, bar complacency. And I don't think uh, Newcastle have either. They won't trip over their own bootlaces because they wear slip-ons. And um, complacency is not a word that Eddie Howe can spell. In, it's not in his dictionary. So I don't think Newcastle will make a mess of the running. They could lose to Arsenal and still, and still make the, the Champions League well enough because of the other games and the points situation, etc., etc. But... I think the Champions League is nailed on now. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't go on a run like Chelsea and blow it. You've I just got to make sure. How is Sunday going to go then, John? Newcastle going to get all three points? Yep. Uh, I think it will be a very narrow single single goal win. Um, whether that's 1-0 or 2-1, I would favour 2-1. I don't like doing scores, but I'm trying to indicate the sort of match. I think it, you know, it's not going to be 3-0 of 4-1 or something like that. I think it's going to be a sort of 2-1. But I honestly believe that Newcastle can win this one and, and will win this one if everybody's firing. And everybody, doesn't include the 11 that starts, you know, it includes the subs, it includes Eddie Howe and his coach and stuff, and it includes the fans, um, because they've all got a part to play. But I think they will all play a part, and all have played a part all season, including the fans. This is a collective, united effort for Newcastle, and um, that's the secret of the success. Oversimplification, but it is. And um, I can see Newcastle winning this one narrowly. Well, fingers crossed they do. I'm going to go for a draw, but I'm hoping you're right. I think I think if anyone can win it for them, the crowd can drag them over the line. So it's going to be tight. I think the Castle will play well. Um, and I think it, I, th I think they're in, in with a chance of getting getting victory, but I'm going to go for a draw. If we, if we do draw, if we keep the record that we've only lost one home game all season 
it will be absolutely terrific. And there's there's only there's two major hurdles for us to to get over at home, and that's Arsenal and Brighton. And if we can stay unbeaten in those two games, what a season it's been at St James's Park. One hundred percent, John, and fingers crossed. Uh, that plays out in that fashion. To you guys listening, thank you very much as always for tuning in. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for the latest Newcastle United news 